Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge, where we talk to creatives of color changing and disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. Today's guest is King Noir, adult entertainment star and co-founder of Royal Fetish Films, which brings passion, sensuality, sex appeal, romance, and kink to adult entertainment. Host Rebecca Theodore Bashan chatted with King Noir about entering the adult entertainment business, how sexuality is depicted on the small and big screen, and the challenges and discrimination adult entertainment stars of color face in the industry. Take a listen. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? Where were you raised? I was born in Manhattan, mm-hmm. but I was raised in Jersey my whole life. Okay, which part? I grew up between Teaneck, Jersey City, and Camden. Okay, so what were some of your favorite subjects in school? My favorite subject, hands down, was history. Mm, okay, okay. And then, of course, like gym and, and lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> would you describe yourself more as like an introvert? Were you more shy? Were you more outgoing? I've always been pretty outgoing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you get into the adult entertainment business? Uh, initially, I got into it when I was legally able to do so when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a friend. She was a, a dancer, and they wanted her to do kind of like do, do magazines. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, I'll do it, but I don't want to do it with some random guy. So basically, she hollered at me. I was already kind of interested in the industry in a sense of like, trying to find ways to make money. She was like, hey, come through, you could do this. And it kind of opened me up to working in different forms of fetish and kink, like uh, S&M, doing like cuckolding sessions, all of that, and it kind of like pushed me along further to actually start doing like webcamming and all of that. And then I left the industry for a little while, Mm -hmm. restarted again, working with my partner, Jet Set and Jasmine, doing parties all over the country. We do fantasy flight parties and then a lot of people at the parties were saying, uh, why don't you get back into films? Because we don't see good representations of people of color in porn. Mm. Everything is so stereotypical. There's no passion. There's no creativity. So why don't why don't you get back into it? So we started making our own. We started our own company, Royal Fetish Films. Mm-hmm. We've been in business for, I want to say, like two, three years now. Wow. We've won two awards for Best Full-Length Feature Film at the FETCON Awards and... You know, we, we, we've been expanding to working with other, not just with, with other performers, but working with fans to make films that more reflect people of color and also putting women behind the camera mm-hmm. because a lot of times porn is, is pretty monotonous. It's like the same angle, the same people doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to show that sex is as infinite as the human mind. Okay. You know, as much as you can think of, as creative as you can be, that's what the film should should reflect as well. So let's go over some of these terms. What is a fetish? What is a kink? And what is cuckolding? A fetish is anything that we find sexually stimulating that is not directly correlated to reproduction. So you can fetishize a body part. You can fetishize an object. You can fetishize an idea. You know, like how you said cosplay. Cosplay is a fetish. You know, there are people who like to dress up, you know, some people might not have heard it before, but like furries, people mm-hmm. who like to dress up in like the, almost like mascot costumes to people who are going to be dressing up like Black Panther and getting it in. You know what I'm saying? Like it, cosplay ranges. Mm-hmm. A kink is kind of just something that, that kind of like a quirk, I think, like a sexual quirk is a good way to describe it, uh, but still falls in the realms of fetishes. 
And then cuckolding is men who are stimulated by watching their partner with somebody else. And that can also range in intensity and and intent. Mm -hmm. So it could be something where it's friendly and everybody's just there having a good time all the way to the man in the relationship wants to be put down by the man who's sleeping with his wife or girlfriend in that matter. Okay. So um, the whole thing about representation in, in porn or in the adult entertainment, what are some of the challenges or some of the stereotypes that you've seen in a lot of adult films that they're getting wrong or that you feel that you want to rectify? Well, those stereotypes, they're, they're not just limited to porn, but because porn is one of those things everybody watches. For example, mm-hmm. like when we speak of a fetish, a human can't be a fetish because you're a person. You're not an inanimate object. In a lot of porn, black men, black women, uh, Latin men, Latin women, Asian men, Asian women are completely fetishized. You know, in the sense of black folk, we are usually portrayed as a thug or a gangster or someone who has absolutely no respect for women whatsoever. Uh, Women are usually portrayed as like, quote unquote, like hip hop honeys, things like that. So there's usually never any passion, no kissing, a lot of companies pretty much fetishize uh, the black male's penis. So it's a whole genre of porn is called IR or interracial. Mm-hmm. But that only is in reference to a black man with a white woman for the most part. It's starting to kind of mean the opposite now, white man, black woman. But it usually puts the black male in a position where they're not humanized at all. Just dick. That's there to satisfy a white person because because mm-hmm. a lot of times and i think even outside of porn black people were viewed kind of like that bagger vance kind of thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. where it's like we're here to make sure white people live their lives and the magic and they're negro. happy yeah the magical mm-hmm. negro john you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so i think a lot of times in porn it's the same exact thing except sexually right which you know only perpetuates more stereotypes and goes through more things because it's like you know you're, you're hitting people at their basic human urge so it's like, yeah, 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 you know, he's a black guy. He's got to have a big dick, and he'll, he, he'll fuck anybody. He'll fuck, you know, my wife if I tell him to or ask him to or whatever just because, you know, she's blonde or something, you know what I mean? Or mm. she's a black woman. I don't have to respect her or whatever. You know, I could just call her whatever I want, you know, black bitch, this, that, and the other, spit on her, all these kind of things in disrespectful manners, you know what I mean? Mm. And there's definitely a place for, you know, rough play and things like that, but... Those things have to be consensual and let in a film, people should know that this is something that somebody enjoys, not that you're doing it out of disrespect for that person. Right. So the the um, movies or the films that you make through your production company with your partner, when your partner is a white woman, what steps do you take to avoid those type of stereotypes on camera? Trying to just present a normal scenario. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, my God. Why is this black man breaking into my house? I'm going to have sex with him now. You know what I'm saying? Like I've seen those. <laughs> Didn't watch the whole thing, but I've seen them. You know, something like that or or just even you know, there there are films out there where there'll be, you know, a white woman calling a black man a nigga. Like, give me that nigga dick. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So that's never going to happen whether I'm with my production company or any production company. You know, nobody call me that word. Mm-hmm. Regardless of their color. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not perpetuating that stereotype as well. Um, you know, not being subservient in any of those in any of those scenarios as well. 
Right. So um, why did you and Jasmine decide to, to start Royal Fetish Productions? Well, when we started Royal Fetish Films, I was definitely interested in getting back into the industry and in a way that was for me, not for somebody else, not for just chasing a check. But I actually think sex is art and, and should be presented as such in many ways to, you know, from the couples who are having issues or couples who just want to try something new and are like, where where can we think of something new? Oh, let's go to Royal Fetish XXX and, and check it out. Uh, Jasmine had not been in the industry before and she's been taking her followers, her fans, uh, friends and everybody on a journey with her as she explores her sexuality. So she was like, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to try a film or something like that. And I think now uh, we actually just released a scene this last week that it was Jasmine's second time behind the camera actually directing. So, oh. you know, uh, she has a voice that she wants to share. And, and I think that it's a way just to show the the extent of black sexuality, uh, black man, black woman, just as a couple, we, we show what what it's like to be swingers or poly or all these different things, be kinksters and, and just show that we as people of color can be just as sexually exploratory as anybody else. I think um, sometimes we, we get limited because we have these stereotypes about ourselves. So it kind of like puts you into a box. We don't explore outside of that particular box sometimes. Right, I, I actually remember um, last year someone had posted a picture it was a video and it was a, a black couple and so she sort of had like a a chain or like sort of like a collar mm-hmm. around her neck and I mean clearly she was you know consenting but it, it was it was interesting because of the polarizing opinions on one hand some people were like oh this is very sex positive you know it's submission or whatever and then it was interesting to see how other people, particularly black women, were looking at it like, oh, no, I would never do that. Like they were like, this just looks too much like slavery. It's just, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. And it's OK for us to have those feelings. Mm-hmm. There are still wounds and trauma that, that we have not confronted even outside of sex in regards to the atrocities that have been committed against us. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's important for people, though, if somebody is exploring that. Just because you're not into it, because even you might not be into it for whatever reason. It might not have anything to do with slavery. It could just be like, yo, I'm not trying to be nobody's sub. And that's perfectly okay. But it's kind of like, as long as it's consenting adults, they leave the kids out of it, they leave animals out of it, and they leave people who say no out of it. Mm. It's adults doing adult shit. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, if it ain't for you, it ain't for you. But But putting people down and then trying to associate something that you might have a problem with in regards to a certain trauma you shouldn't really project that onto other people for example for me i i am not into bull whips for that exact reason that you brought up mm. you know but i don't knock someone who's out there that does that you know what i'm saying like i just know it's not for me it automatically anytime i hear a bull whip i'm thinking slavery automatically mm. you know what i'm saying or i i don't like having handcuffs on me because i've been a, a beaten by the police so cuffs take me to a bad place it's important to be able to vocalize that to people i think that's very important and then it's also for some people it's they like getting handcuffed they never had a bad experience with the police before yeah 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 your relationship with with jasmine how did you two meet on a radio show oh no oh that's so sweet <laughs> she was uh interviewing me for the emotion picture radio show 
Shout out to Brother Victorious and Shasta Mila. And they were interviewing me about what it was like to be an adult entertainer and also have relationships. And initially, we started working together. Like, we just, she was like, I have this, this these parties I do. I think it would be perfect because at the time, I was primarily doing erotic touch massages and shows and things like that. And she was like, I think it would be really good for you to come to these parties. And that's kind of how we created fantasy flight parties. Oh, so then, so what goes on in a fantasy flight event? <laughs> Best way to say it, you know, when you go on vacation, mm-hmm. you know where you want to go, but you got to have the right pilots to get you there. Okay. <laughs> so your your fantasy is the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, but some, some people might want to try uh, handcuffs and, and flogging or something like that, but they've never done it before. Mm-hmm. And it can be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Right. You know, you can seriously hurt somebody. So we facilitate that for couples for single ladies like we do bachelorette parties and birthdays and all this and you know sometimes it, it ranges from mild like we've done a party for church ladies wow and then <laughs> all the way to extremely wild and we were actually uh hosted a party for that actually got nominated for avn for for vivid mm-hmm. so it was like all the way wild you know and we work with people in the middle we actually um have done some really, really good, uh, really, really good parties because uh, Jasmine she has a uh, she has degrees in in gerontology, social work, and she has an expertise in injury, uh, intimacy post injury. Mm. So you know, working with people to help them bring back love into their lives, whether it be love with your partner or just love for yourself, because mm-hmm. we all need some. True. So. Your relationship, would you consider it or would you describe it as an open relationship? And how do you manage having a relationship with two people that are that are in the in the, in the industry? Well, I'm polyamorous and, and jazz is more of a swinger. Okay. Uh, open, I guess it's open on like Instagram and X videos <laughs> for the world to see. Right. But, um, you know, we still have, I mean, it's, it's open in a sense of, we're open to see other people if we choose to. Okay, so what is, is there a difference, because I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday. Is there a difference between polyamory and swinging? And do they intersect? Are they the same thing? They're not the same thing. They definitely intersect depending on the person. Okay. Um, polyamory has to do with love. Mm-hmm. It's, you believe that you have the ability to love more than one person. Swinging is something that people in a relationship do together. There can be love involved, there might not be love involved. There's not, you know, it doesn't have to. Swinging is more about like going out, dating, having sex. Mm-hmm. So speaking of polyamory, because I wanted to ask you about some television shows and some movies that, and just the way that they're depicting sexuality. So I want to start with um, Spike Lee's series. Uh, She's got to have it because yeah. it's it's basically a reimagining um, of Nola Darling. She's a a black polyamorous woman, and in this version, she's a black black queer polyamorous woman mm-hmm. and there was a lot of discussion <laughs> on, lot. So- yeah, on social, I've seen it on social yeah, media yeah there were yeah there were people that were like uh, you know some people were like yeah it's accurate some people were like it's it's totally wrong so i wanted to get what what your take was i think a lot of times when it comes to how people view something they think it has to be one exact particular way like like with your question with swinging and polyamory are they completely different not really. I mean, they're similar and they do intersect, but they still are different. And I think that how she was portrayed was unique as her character was in all aspects of who she was. Right. You know, so it's like 
she was going through a whole lot mm. in that season. You know, like she she was assaulted. You know, she's dealing with the ups and downs of her career. Mm. She's dealing with losing her her place. And then, of course, on top of all that, she has these four relationships. Right. So I think when people want people to make these right and exact decisions, when I look at, at the kind of film or, or television that I like, it's as close to life as possible. Like, I like accurate portrayals of humanity. Right. And human beings are contradictory as fuck. Like, that's just kind of part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think her, con- her, her contradictions made her character more interesting. Right. Like at points she was more open to to the to the gentleman. Other times she was like, "Nah, just bounce." You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. based on how she was feeling, and I think that that's how human beings really are. Right. I don't know. I think a lot of the social media debate was as if her character was somehow supposed to represent us all as you know people who have alternative lifestyles, and I understand that because I feel you know when you usually see. Uh, television or film in regards to poly or swinging is is usually negative. So to see a character that actually was, like, I thought she was taupe character, Mm -hmm. you know, but then we put all the weight of the world on her. Like, you know, like like people do, like, we we tend to do this with everything because we don't have a lot of representation. So we're like, yo, this shit gotta be the best ever, Mm -hmm. and it's gotta represent all of us right now, or else we'll never get another chance. You know what I mean? I I think there's a lot of pressure with that. I think, yeah, that's been a a discussion, like, particularly in the black film criticism or our black TV criticism. It's what we call burden of representation because we have such, we don't have that many depictions of us on screen. And so there is this pressure on black filmmakers or black screenwriters where they have to get it exactly right, yeah. right? Yeah, because I, I mean, I was watching um, She's Gotta Have it and I was like, well, everybody practices polyamory in their own way. I mean, she was messy, but yeah. I don't think it was because of the polyamory. Um, like I, I was thinking of, um, Two episodes. Number one was the season finale, right? Mm-hmm. When she invites all of them over for Thanksgiving dinner, from what I was looking at, I don't think she told them that the other guys were going to be there, right? And that mm. kind of bothered me because I'm like, yeah. okay, well, if I mean, they knew about each other, but clearly when they were each coming through the door, they were like, what is he doing here? Like, is there a certain protocol in in how you handle your? There definitely should be. Okay. Um, and this and this goes to the same effect though. You know, not everybody's perfect. Mm-hmm. But you definitely with with any relationship, whether you're polyamorous, whether you're monogamous, honesty above all things, right, is important. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not right to just be like to just force somebody into a situation if they don't want to deal with it. It's better for her to just leave them be. You don't want to deal with me being poly or seeing other men or or women for that matter, mm-hmm. then that person isn't the person for you. If they can't accept you for who you are, whether monogamous, polyamorous, asexual, wh- whatever or whoever you are, then right. yeah, it's better to move on. To what you were saying earlier about the depiction of polyamory, <laughs> I was watching this movie on Lifetime. It was called Open Marriage. I think it came out like to the 2016 or 2017. Mm-hmm. And so my friend and I were watching it, and I was like, I'm going to bet you money something jacked up is going to happen. Because I was like, we've never had, you know, any depiction of open marriages or swinging or whatever. It's always some sort of fatal attraction ending. Somebody goes crazy. Yeah. And she was like, no, this is a Lifetime movie. And it, exactly what I said <laughs> would happen. 
exactly. Well, like, all Lifetime movies yeah, end up like Exactly, that. right? So it was like, it's these two couples, they meet each other, they swap, and then you come to find out that one of the girls is cray-cray or whatever. And I'm just like, when will mo- television and movies be able to move into a space where they can show positive representation or more realistic representations right. of, of poly or open marriages? I was, I, I was like that effect of like, how long did it take for Hollywood to have a film like Malcolm X or Black Panther or mm-hmm. you know what I mean like right just Polly is kind of new to people so I mean hopefully you know or, or even look at a film like Moonlight you know like how long did that movie take to get put out mm-hmm. you know so I, I think it's it's gonna happen but it's gonna probably be a good independent film first Right. That that catches a little fire or something like that. And then Hollywood will say, yeah, we need to do that, too. Right. Right. Speaking of movies, I'll, I'll move to the movie side. What about Fifty Shades of Grey or just that Fifty Shades franchise? There's a <laughs> lot of talk about this movie because I know. Well, number one, I read the I couldn't even get past the third chapter. It was it was awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw one and two. And I remember when the first one came out there again, there was a lot of discussion where the BDSM community was quite upset with this movie because they were like this depiction of, of the BDSM community or having a BDSM relationship was all wrong. So yeah. what what did you find incorrect or what what did they get wrong? I didn't read the books. Okay. I didn't watch the movies. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um a lot of a lot of my my clients and mm-hmm. and people I know they did. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people I know, you know, in the in the community were like that shit is trash and it's a horrible representation and I can from what I've heard about it, it's basic. Mm-hmm. You know, um and sometimes in order to have people even think of something different like to me when i think about bdsm portrayal in films before 50 shades i think of that nicholas cage what was that eight millimeter i think of pulp fiction and seven and in each circumstance the person who was using some bdsm shit was a murderer yeah so to actually show that there can be some romance and like i said i did not read the books i did not see the movie right but from people who would come to me like i'm interested in flogging now and a lot of people who read the book they're like yeah once i read the book i went online and it's not like the book you know or i i started studying and reading other things like if it was a gateway for people then so be it. I, it's one of those situations again where people in the BDSM community are like, we would like to not be portrayed as sick, twisted individuals mm-hmm. or murderers. Right. You know, like I, I really do think of those other films where you have the person who was the the murderer, they were into, or they at least had something, something like a, mm-hmm. a mask or something that was would be related to it, or it was in a BDSM club where this person got killed or something like that. So then all this negativity and then you just have this one thing it might be the softest shit ever Mm -hmm. you know it might be complete charming like whatever (laughs) but at least it shows people that we're not murderers you know like i look at it from that perspective yeah but but as a person involved in the community like there was nothing about it that made me like yo i gotta go see this right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i do feel that um movies and and tv can have they have that power where you can sort of reevaluate or look at things from a different way like it was this one movie that came out last year called professor marston and the wonder woman and it was kind of like a biopic it was Mm -hmm. based on 
true facts. Some there's some debate whether how accurate it is, but basically he was the creator of the Wonder Woman comic, and he was in a polyamorous relationship with mm-hmm. two women until he died. And it was just interesting to see, number one, they didn't demonize or marginalize them. It, like, I feel like the movie was sort of normalizing it. Like, yeah, it could happen. You know, they were mm-hmm. a married couple, and then they meet a student, they fall in love with her. And, and so it's different from polygamy. It, like, to me, it wasn't polygamy because they were all in love with each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the one takeaway that I had from the movie was it made me reevaluate what submission meant. You know what I mean? Like, it, it kind of um, showed that there's power in that. Like, even the person who's the submissive has a certain amount of power. It's complete power in the submissive. The submissive is the one who stops the scene if there's a problem. Mm. You know? Um, well, should speak their safety word. And some people, depending on the level, you know there's levels to it, too. Some people, they want to do 24-7 submission. Mm-hmm. Other people are like, I just want to do this in bed. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so it, there's there's like a whole range of how it can be lived and how it can be experienced. So I think that that's important to think of, too. And, and just kind of backtracking a little bit. I think the other problem with that people had with she's got to have it was that it's the, the, the protagonist is a woman. That's a good point. You know, I think um, like for the other film that you mentioned, I heard of it. I, mm-hmm. haven't, I haven't seen it, but I, I heard that like a lot of the Wonder Woman um Character was based on this dude's interest in BDSM. Mm-hmm. Um, not not sure how true that is, but in regards to Nora Darling, like if that was a dude in most movies, like what was that way back in the day when I was a kid? There was that movie, uh, How to Be a Player. Mm-hmm. People didn't come at Bill Bellamy's character the same way. He was a player. There's yeah. a difference. Oh, okay. Being a poly person does not mean that you lie to people. Being a poly mm-hmm. person, you you you're supposed to let people know. This is this is who I am. This is what I'm interested in. Mm. If you can rock, you can rock. If you can't, you can't. Right. But lying to people, that just makes you a liar. You could be a monogamous cheating liar, a <laughs> polyamorous cheating liar, like mm-hmm. you're just a shitty individual. Right. But but the 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 thing I'm trying to say is more like people look at that character like he's a man, he's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. But they'll look at Nora and be like, Whoa, how can she do that? What's wrong with her? Did it, you know what I mean? It takes on a whole different different connotation to it. Right. I think when it's when it's a woman and especially a black woman who is in control of their own bodies mm-hmm. because women's bodies in film and we were talking about Game of Thrones. Right. right. Women's bodies are portrayed as sexual objects for men to use and abuse basically. So I think that when when you have a, a film like back in the day and then the show now that he updated where she's got to have it it definitely pushes like a bunch of people's buttons because it'd be more like how dare she do this right yeah i think that was sort of the pushback (laughs) interesting that you said that because the other thing i was thinking about too as far as like depiction on film and television are threesomes right Mm -hmm. usually to me it seems that the default is usually one man and two women right right you very 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 rarely see a depiction of a woman with two men Correct. So I'm wondering, why do we have this double standard? And, and does that extend into adult entertainment as well? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that um, it's just such a patriarchal society where it is sex is a man's pleasure. I mean, most most porn, when you think about it, it ends when a man busts a nut, whether a woman had an orgasm or not. Right. So that extends over into society as well. Mm-hmm. You know, most most men don't seem to care about a woman's pleasure. It's one of the main questions we get when we have parties or when we do like Instagram live or something like that is how can I get my man more interested in my pleasure in the bedroom as well Mm. and 
a lot of people ask about threesomes as will this will this spark our thing up or whatever like oh boy if someone's a bad lover to you they probably a bad lover to everybody so now <laughs> you just got two mad people in the bed you know what i'm saying but right also a lot of times with threesomes with with the situation that i've heard a couple of times it's like men don't realize like yeah she's she's into women Mm-hmm. And there's certain things as a man that you can't do. Like, you don't have the same body parts. It's not going to feel the same. It's going to be different. You could fall back, too, and allow her to have some pleasure as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And think that when it becomes the two men and one woman, some men's egos get in the way. Mm-hmm. The way just kind of the society is set up is like, oh, well, the men are too close. Or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's always like there's a problem with it right? in that sense, but... I think it's it's like if that's what you want to do, do it. Have a good time. Like I think people should be more experimental when mm-hmm. it comes to sex, but definitely don't use a threesome as a way to heal your relationship. It will only make it worse. That's the sound <laughs> advice. <laughs> so the the people that you with the uh, the fantasy flight parties, or even people that ask you for advice, what are these mostly um, African Americans or, or or black people or, or people of color? Do you, do you feel like there's more? openness or people are being I feel with our audience yes Mm -hmm. I mean we have a large audience across the board but you know our base and who we are and where we started and who we speak to you know um, there are a lot of people who talk about flogging and and doing rope and shibari and handcuffs and this that and the other and never speak to the fact that because our skin is darker we don't show bruises and, and different problems that you might be able to see coming up in the skin as fast as people who are pale Mm. or that we have keloids and what that might do so you know we we definitely speak to that Mm -hmm. that's that's what we're here for right you know we we make we make it for everybody and everybody can enjoy it but we're going to speak to who we are and we're going to speak to our people because that's what's needed right so what is shibari by the way it's japanese rope tying that's that's really really beautiful and done in patterns and it's like a specific way to do it is mm. is really dope. So you you know how to do it? No. Oh. I'm I'm an appreciator of it. I love okay. I love watching people tie rope, but I'm more into hard hard uh, restraints. I like I like metal mm-hmm. a lot more. Okay. So you're also a, a master fetishist. Fetish so, so what is yeah. what is that? What do you, what do you do? Well, what we do is help people discover their fetishes and then live them safely. Okay. Even as even as a master fetish trainer, like if somebody wanted to do shibari, I would introduce them to a master who does shibari. So it's it's more like uh, being able to help people reach their 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 sexual goals, mm-hmm. and then at the same time, I'm a dom. Like I do dungeon and private sessions with people who want to experience being a sub or people who already are a sub and want to try different scenes and scenarios. Right. So do you necessarily, because that, that was something that I was reading a few years ago, is that you don't necessarily have to have sex in during a, a dom-sub session, right? Correct. Oh. More times than not. Like when, mm-hmm. when people come to see us at events like Exotica or FetCon or all the different places we are and they they go to come, they come get flogged or mm-hmm. Jasmine tramples them or something like that and they go into a subspace. They're having a dom-sub session with us. Right. But it's not, it doesn't have to be uh, intercourse involved at all. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the AVN Awards because, yes, I do follow them. But I was noticing, and I guess you can speak to it, sort of like the there's still a separation of the, at least as far as the awards, the people that are winning awards. Because yeah. uh, it's 
it's basically the Oscars of porn. That's how I explain it to people, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you still feel that there's still a certain, much like Oscar So White, right? Where that was created because yeah. there's, you know, we're not have, seeing enough marginalized people or people of color being nominated or winning Oscars. Do you see that on the same side as far as like AVN and other uh, adult entertainment? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that they have a category that's kind of like urban, which just means black. <laughs> you know what they I mean? They have an urban category? Wow. So, you know, when when you have something like that, you're automatically separated. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if you win an award, you know, you should win best male performer of the year, not best black guy of the year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that's one thing that, to me, it just shows itself, you know, in, in film, in porn, and just in life in general. Like, we have to present ourselves. Like, white folk always like, why are you always talking about race? The way we have, like, if I introduce myself, I'm a black man. Right. White dudes just be like, yeah, I'm a man. Good point. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and when it comes to the Oscars or the AVNs or all these different awards, if you're making this quote unquote urban category, which we know means black, even though we're getting pushed out of all urban areas right now. Right. There's still this uh like we're an other. Mm -hmm. I'm an actor, I'm a performer, I'm an adult entertainer. Right. Point blank, that's what I am. Mm -hmm. But but you know, we're kinda like forced into this corner. And then they get mad when we bring it up. <laughs> is there also um, pay disparity, too? Because we know that's sort of like the dominating yes. conversation in Hollywood. Yes. Give us, <laughs> give, us give us, a tea on that. White women, uh, well, women make the most important. That's, that's not a bad thing. But yeah. white women make more than black women. White men make more than black men. The major pay disparity in porn is that white women charge more. A lot, a lot of white women. I won't say all of them, but a good percentage of them charge more for their rates to be all with a with a black man. Mm -hmm. So it could be a white man with a same size dick, but they're gonna charge more to sleep with a, with a black man. Because there's still this perception that, I mean, it goes out into, into Hollywood as well and, and into everyday life that once a white woman sleeps with a black man that she's been soiled, stained, or sullied. Wow. So it's like, even if you look at um, the big winner mm -hmm. at AVN has been blacked. What does it mean to be black? Yeah, I I didn't even know that that, so, that they would charge more. Yeah, that's so racist. <laughs> I'm like, it, like, it, so it really is racist as hell. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I I definitely believe it because I I am friends with a couple. Um, they're an interracial couple. He's black, she's white, and they are swingers. Mm -hmm. And you know, they were expressing to me. Well, she specifically was expressing to me that sometimes it's hard for them to find other couples uh, to swing with. Particularly if it's like a white couple, the white guy's like totally turned off. Like they'll see her and they're like, oh yeah, okay, she's hot. And then when they see who the boyfriend is, cause he's yeah. like, you know, 6'4", 240 pounds or whatever. And it's just like, mm-mm, you know what I mean? And she's just like, and just, and they're also open, uh, they have an open relationship as yeah. well. And she was like, just dating, just for her to see other uh, men usually white men are just very resistant once they see who her boyfriend or her primary is that the word mm -hmm. yeah once they see that he's black it's just sort of like she's damaged goods well it's funny I've actually seen that in other ways as well uh, with I, I used to swing with with, uh, with a woman back in the day and she's black mm -hmm. and couples wouldn't want to be with her like like white men, white men might be like, "Yeah, I might want to see you fuck my wife, but I, I'm not interested in sleeping with her." 
Wow. We got a president in office right now that's a Nazi apologist. So, mm. you know, I think a lot of people feel really emboldened with their racism. So it's just kind of like spilling out even more. Right. But but this has been here. You mm. know, um, if you look back in film, was that D.W. Griffin's um, Birth of a Nation was what the, the first big budget film ever. And it's just a bunch of white men in blackface going out acting like they're raping white women. And then the Klan is the saviors. Right. But it's still showing, like, you know, you go back in, in literature to Mandingo, and it was basically this, this white slave owner who raped countless black women, who was afraid of, and, and most of the book is about his fear of Mandingo sleeping with his wife. Mm-hmm. So white people have been obsessed with black sexuality for so long. You know, right. before there was films and, and shit to document it, they were sneaking down and raping people. And mm-hmm. not, and most of the time, not even sneaking about it, right? You know, so that you you get now to this point where, you know, film and and music and all these things are, are people's thoughts. So it just is going to come out like that. Porn is the only industry where you can literally just go on set and be like, I'm not fucking no black people today. I'm not working with any black people today, and people won't think twice about it. Right. You know, and and it extends over to how they portray Asians. You know, like you're Vietnamese, but. No, we, we're calling you Chinese masseuse in this movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or same to do with, you know, how Latinas are portrayed, especially like... Spicy. Spicy. <laughs> Fiery. Like it's all... <laughs> like like there's no... There's a big difference culturally between, mm. you know, Guatemala and Puerto Rico. Right. But it's all lumped together in one thing. Just like, I mean, but with, with people of the African diaspora, we're very different all across the country, across the different countries. You know what I mean? But right. You know, we're lumped into one category. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because I was like, I think I was introduced to like at first Asian American porn star. I forget what his name is. His name is escaping me right now. I think he's British. He's like bi- biracial. Okay. He's like half Asian, half British or whatever. But I was like, at least on the American side of porn, I think there's only like maybe two or three. Um, some of them are creating like their own network, like their own websites or whatever. And that kind of goes into that whole stereotype of like Asian men have small penises or they don't go down it's, it's just like all of these stereotypes um you know according to I, I see Asian women <laughs> that you do see yeah. but Asian women are fetishized in the sense that mm-hmm. they're supposed to be subservient people and not have their own opinion and they'll do whatever people say and and right. I mean they've been fetishized in America for a long time as well right so what about body diversity because that's one of the things that I I do really appreciate about some of the videos that you have are like the women's bodies are very diverse because usually in porn it's very like they're thin you know big boobs and whatever but you hardly see like well I shouldn't say hardly but I mean you will see plus size but it's like it's very fetishized as well mm-hmm. right like just even in the um the way they describe them right like BBW yeah. or thick or or whatever like what are, what are your thoughts on that as far as like body diversity I think it's important to show that people have all different shapes, sizes. You know, I think it's important to not use all kinds of hiding, like the things on us that make us beautiful, whether they be stretch marks or scars or whatever. I think that it's it's the human body is beautiful mm. and it's it's important to show the different range of it, because that's like the same thing as uh, just the different spectrum of color the different spectrum of sexualities like it's it's important to show that this is possible you know what i mean and and this is this is how you can appreciate someone else 
across the board. So it's like sex is one of those things that it brings people together no matter what. Mm. But and, and you get so much different cross sections of people because of porn. It, there is the opportunity to show the possibilities of just like human interaction right. and and to, to educate people like, no, no, we we we're not so different because of our color. You know, what I mean, like this mm-hmm. it's it's important to do that, I think. And I think like sex is one of those things like there is nobody on this planet that is not here because of it. And you're not going to ensure your survival without it. So it's like food. Right. Um, you know, the other two um, communities that I feel are sort of marginalized in um, porn, too, are disabled people mm. and trans people, whether trans yeah. female or trans male. Like with the trans uh, women, it's very fetishized. It's very like and usually men will never admit, you know, if you're a cisgendered man, like you'll never admit openly that you watch that. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I oh, feel that's like, some of my favorite porn. Uh, really I, I love uh trans trans women and cis women actually wow. jasmine is she's in a dvd that's coming out or it already came out mm-hmm. with kink.com and, and she was she sat with a transgender performer that's amazing so yeah, yeah i think like m- it's funny because like mad people i know they mm-hmm. they watch that shit on the low and I'm cool with everybody like right. in the industry like to me like if you're a good person you're a good person I don't I don't it don't right. mean we gotta fuck or not you know what I'm saying but like right. being being cool with people is just like it's your life is enhanced exponentially the more diversity you have within the people you at least communicate with mm-hmm. you know you're gonna learn so much more about what the world is about right. you can you can empathize on different levels and you can understand on different levels if you talk to different people but it's like um, people are so scared of the different things mm-hmm. that they have that turn them on because most people have been taught their whole lives that even if you just jerk off. Like I was listening to this this comedian tell a story the other day. He was a Jehovah Witness. Mm-hmm. And his somebody, an adult, told him, like, you go to hell if you jerk off. They like, told me that, too. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So if they you, told me that, too. So even if whatever the first thing that turned you on when you was a kid right. regardless of your your gender or sexuality if that shit makes you think you're going to hell mm. add that with something else like a a threesome or i don't know different genders than than what you're supposed to be looking at and being turned on by right you're gonna think oh my god now i'm definitely going to hell because i've been you know what i mean <laughs> you know but i th- i think a lot of because i grew up in a very conservative um household like my dad was a pastor so it was like we were at church like four or five days a week sometimes and so i mean i the earliest thing i remember was like you wait until you get married to have sex that was it mm-hmm. that's the only conversation there was nothing about masturbation or self-pleasuring or anything like that it was just like uh, anything else that deviates from you know yeah. marriage within the confines uh, sex within the confines of marriage is just wrong i do have a question i, I, I do want to say real quick yes mm-hmm. if that's what you're into mm-hmm. then that's awesome right but when you're forced into it that's when it's a problem like if you are uh like i think a lot of people think oh because you do porn then you like hate people that are celibate like no mm that's what's up (laughs) like if that's who you are and that's what you went to like i'm not gonna be like hey don't you really want to have i'm not i'm not gonna be an asshole about it right because that's that's the spectrum of sexuality exactly and as long as and we need to respect everybody on that spectrum because then in turn hopefully they'll respect you too and we can all 
live and grow together, you know? Right. So so here's the question, um, and this is a debate that I've been having with my friends. Um, if you are a couple, whether married or committed, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a couple and you decide to say swing or have a threesome or bring someone else into the is it considered cheating? Is it infidelity? If you both consented? Yes. No. Cheating is lying and mm-hmm. doing that behind somebody's back and all of that. If y'all are doing it together as a couple, then y'all are doing it together as a couple. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I don't I don't even know where to where that because I'm but I mean, you know, some people they feel you're you're cheating on them if you masturbate <laughs> without them, that. you know what I mean? And that's that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Like there's a level of trying to possess another human being beyond my own comprehension. Like I don't understand that. Right. So your your um your trip here on the East Coast, were you doing events or uh, yeah, well mm-hmm. I was up here doing a lot of private uh fetish training sessions, erotic touch massages and shoots and things of that nature but we will be back up here for exotica new jersey so everybody needs to make sure they come out to that in november that's That's gonna be lit i missed the one last year oh man we was on stage we was Mm -hmm. getting it in really (laughs) but we'll we'll have a booth this year as well okay we'll be back up on stage so so where can they find can they find it online or uh, okay so exotica so is that with three x's yeah with three x's we're Mm -hmm. gonna be we're in denver first Uh uh-huh then we're in Miami in July, mm-hmm. and then we're up here. The only one we're going to miss is Chicago because it's baby time. Okay. Oh, that's right. Congratulations. So when it, when, is, when is the baby due? In June. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Our, our love child is on the way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Um, so tell everybody where they can find you on social media. You can find me at King Noir, K-I-N-G-N-O-I-R-E on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. The King Noir on uh, Tumblr, but definitely mm-hmm. go to King Noir XXX.com, Royal Fetish XXX.com, and Jet Setting Jasmine.com, which is the, you know, you could go on there, see about the fantasy flights and all that, and then go to Jet Setting Jasmine XXX when you want to see all her sexy pregnant stuff. Wow. Oh, so she's still working. <laughs> oh, we shot this very, very beautiful, amazing loving scenes showing some positions for couples to be able to do during pregnancy mm. uh she took a really gorgeous photo shoot as well nice. and we'll be we'll be shooting a couple more things uh some there is a huge huge fetish out there for pregnancy i think um it's like one of those times where you just look at a woman and you're like wow like you are incredible that you can do this and for some people it's a huge turn on mm-hmm. for me it's a huge turn on right that's so great. I think is I think it's cool to like the feedback that jazz has been getting from people has been amazing because people just like wow like you know some some women get very um they start getting introverted and all that during pregnancy and and not looking at at themselves as beautiful and and all of that and I think that people have really responded well to it great yeah i think i think so too yeah because the idea in the mainstream is sort of like if you're pregnant you have no sexuality yeah. like you just basically have to wait and then there's the added pressure of the snapback right like how soon you can lose the weight mm-hmm. after you have the baby that's just way too much pressure i think for, for, for any woman so well thank you so much for coming in thank, thank you. you for having me i appreciate being the the, the first one on the show thank i you. wish you all the success in the world thank you. keep bringing the people what they need to know about this industry of film i will <laughs> And I, and I keep checking your reviews on Twitter, too. Oh, thank you so much. Hey, I have to do this.
Thank you for listening to the Spectrum Lounge. You can find King Noir on Twitter and Instagram at King Noir and Royal Fetish Films on Facebook. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash film fatale underscore NYC. You can also find our host, Rebecca Theodore Vachon, on Twitter at film fatale underscore NYC. Until next time.